Lord Jesus, it is indeed well with our soul because of your amazing grace and the comfort and encouragement that you have given us in your death and resurrection. Teach us this morning how to be encouragers of others, that they too may have a sense of hope. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Grace to you and peace from the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, amen. A mom and dad and their teenage daughter were camping at Yellowstone National Park one summer. And it was a beautiful sunny day. They decided to eat their lunch on the picnic table just outside of their tent at their campsite. One of those days where the American bison, more commonly known as buffalo, were wandering around out in the field next to the campsite. And as this family was eating their lunch, a couple of those buffalo came rather close to their campsite. They were just about 20 feet away from where this family was eating, and the teenage girl gets this uh, awful look on her face and says, Ugh, those buffalo stink. And she says, Look at them. Their fur is all muddy and matted and falling off. Oh, they, they look so ugly. And there's grass hanging out of their mouths. My goodness, these buffalo are disgusting. One of the buffalo turns to the other and says, I seldom have heard such a discouraging word. (laughs) Shall we sing a chorus of Home on the Range? (laughs) Discouragement can come in so many forms, can it? It might be at work. It might be even in your own family relationships. Sometimes it can even happen at church, unfortunately. But today we want want to talk about how to be encouragers, not discouragers. Our theme for today is encourage one another. Encourage one another. I'd like us to use as a focus verse the words of St. Paul that he wrote in his first letter to the Christians in Thessalonica. I'd like us to read this verse together as it kind of sets the tone for our message this morning. Let's read. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Encourage. The word in English basically carries with it the idea to input courage into someone else. That is to help strengthen someone as they're facing some challenge in life, to encourage them. The New Testament Greek word that uh, St. Paul uses here uh, means to be called alongside of someone. And so to encourage someone is basically to come alongside them and provide counsel and advice, and support as they face whatever kind of challenge they may be facing. It's, in other words, you're a comforter who comes alongside the person in need. Well, in our sermon series today, we come to the 11th chapter of the book of Acts. And in chapter 11, we meet a man who was a true encourager of others, Now, we were actually first introduced to this man back in Acts chapter 4. 
And at the end of that chapter, we're told that the man's name is Joseph. We're told that he's from the Hebrew tribe of Levi, so he's a Levite, and that he's from the island of Cyprus, just off the coast of Syria. But what we're also told in chapter 4 is that the apostles, who knew this guy very well, gave him a nickname. And the nickname is very much reflective of his character and his reputation. The nickname they gave him in Hebrew is Barnabas, or in, in English we say Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. What if that was your nickname? That you had such a reputation for encouraging others that that became your name. A son or daughter of encouragement. Well, the next time that we hear about Barnabas is in chapter 9 of Acts. You may recall that that's the chapter where we also read about a guy named Saul. Saul, who later would take his Greek name Paul, had been a rather vicious persecutor of Christians. You recall he was throwing Christians in in prison, having some of them put to death and so on. But in chapter 9, we also read that Saul, on his way to the city of Damascus, is met by the Lord Jesus. And in the course of that contact with Jesus, he, he is converted and brought to faith in the Savior. Of course, we know the rest of the story. Saul, or Paul, became the world's greatest missionary for the gospel. Saul was... Uh, boldly now going around and proclaiming that Jesus was the Messiah. He was boldly proclaiming the good news of salvation. But Saul was having a problem. He was having some great difficulty in gaining the acceptance of the other Christians and properly understood, huh? After all, he'd done some terrible things and the other Christians had seen this. And they weren't quite ready to uh, uh, trust him. They weren't sure that he was really one of them yet. So Saul is in Damascus. And I'm going to read a portion of chapter 9 because this is where we see another interaction with Barnabas. It says, after many days had gone by, the Jews conspired to kill Saul, but he learned of their plan. Day and night, they kept close watch on the city gates in order to kill him. But his followers took him by night and lowered him in a basket through an opening in the wall. When he came to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were all afraid of him, not believing that he really was a disciple. But, now watch what happens, but Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles He told them how Saul on his journey had seen the Lord and that the Lord had spoken to him and how in Damascus he had preached fearlessly in the name of Jesus. What is Barnabas doing here? Barnabas is standing up for Saul and he's basically saying, let me tell you about the change in my brother Saul or better yet, Let me tell you about the change in your brother, Saul. You can trust him. It was one of Barnabas' way of extending encouragement. He stood up for Saul. And so the first takeaway on the lesson of how to encourage others is that we need to stand up for others 
when they're down. Stand up for others when they're down. You who know me well know that I can't go through the summer without including at least one baseball illustration in one of my sermons. So today's baseball story is about the well-known Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson was the first African-American to play baseball in the major leagues. Breaking baseball's color barrier, he faced rather hostile crowds in every stadium in which he played. While playing one day in his home stadium of Ebbets Field in Brooklyn, he committed an error. The fans began to jeer him terribly. He stood at second base, utterly humiliated, while the crowd booed. Then, without saying a word, shortstop Pee Wee Reese went over and stood next to Jackie. He put his arm around him, and together they faced the crowd. Suddenly, the fans grew quiet. Robinson later said that that arm around his shoulder saved his career. Pee Wee Reese was a true friend that day, an encourager, one who stood up and said, I believe in this man. Friends, if we are going to be modern-day Barnabases, we need to look for the best in other people, and we need to stand with them when the rest of the world is jeering, especially with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ to stand up for others when they're down. We kind of see an example of that in in today's Old Testament reading that you heard a moment ago from Exodus chapter 17. The Amalekites had attacked the Israelites, and, and so Joshua was to lead an army in battle against the Amalekites. And Moses was up on a hill lifting his staff, and as long as his arms are up, the Israelites are having the victory. But Over time, Moses' arms get tired, and as his arms drop, the Amalekites start to win. So what happens? Two guys stand up for Moses and encourage him and help him in a very practical way. They each get on each side of Moses, and they lift up his arms, and they hold his arms up until the Israelites get the victory. They stood up. It was an active form of encouragement. Let me ask you, whom do you know who needs that kind of encouragement right now. I often refer to what I call the ministry of presence. That is the kind of ministry where you are there with someone in their experience of pain or suffering or disappointment. You know, often when people are going through a hard time, we don't really know what to say, and that's probably, it's probably better we don't say very much because often we say things that aren't very helpful. And that's okay. Just being there with someone in their pain and just listening to them and giving them permission to open up and share their honest feelings about what they're going through is extremely helpful and encouraging. It's extremely healing to allow someone to talk about what they're experiencing. So just being there, the ministry of presence, standing up for someone, if you will, is a way of encouraging others. I like what the author William Arthur Ward said. He wrote, 
Flatter me, and I may not believe you. Criticize me, and I may not like you. Ignore me, and I may not forgive you. Encourage me, and I will not forget you. We need to encourage one another, friends, first of all, by standing up for others when they're down. A second way that we can encourage others as we learn from the life of Barnabas, the son of encouragement, is to build up one another spiritually. Build up one another spiritually. The story of Barnabas the encourager continues now in chapter 11, and I'm going to read just the first portion of our epistle lesson for today. Watch what Barnabas does. It says, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church at Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, look what he does. He was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. I want to put a map of the New Testament world on the screens for you to kind of identify these locations that are mentioned. It tells us that uh, after the, the death of Stephen, the Christians in Jerusalem were scattered because of persecution, and they went to different places. It says including Phoenicia, which is where Cy, uh, Tyre and Sidon are located on the, the coast there of, of the Mediterranean Sea. And then it also mentions some went to the island of Cyprus, and others went to the town of Antioch in Syria, where uh, uh, an important church is established there. But it also says that while most of those were telling the good news just to Jewish people, there were some other people who were sharing the message with non-Jewish people, with Gentiles. People from Cyrene, which is basically the northern part of Africa, and people also from the island of Cyprus. They come and they share the message with these Gentile people. And they come to faith in Jesus. Word gets back to the church down in Jerusalem, down south there. And they decide to send Barnabas from Jerusalem up to Antioch to uh, meet and greet these new Gentile believers. And what does Barnabas do when he gets there? He affirms these Gentile believers as full members of God's family. He doesn't do what some other people uh, tended to do, that is to try and insist that these Gentiles have to be circumcised and, and go through all the Jewish rituals. No, he affirms them as they are as full members of God's family. In other words, friends, he encourages them in their spiritual walk with Christ. He encourages them to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. We, too, need to build up one another spiritually. Because even we who love the Lord have challenging times where we need to be reminded of God's love, of his grace, of his care for us. We need that spiritual uplift on a regular basis. 
In his book entitled Another Chance, Dean Merrill tells the true story of a professional man who lost his job, and he was forced to take a menial construction job. Day after day, he was subjected to the crude language and humor of his boss and his co-workers. One day, he made a rookie's mistake, you might say, which made him the butt of jokes for days. Finally, he decided that he was just going to work one more day, and then he was going to quit, just give it up. Well, that day happened to be payday. And as the rather offensive foreman brought him his check, he made his first civil comment to the man in three weeks. He said, hey, there's a woman working in the front office who knows you. She says she takes care of your kids sometimes. Oh, who is she, he asked. And he named the woman who sometimes helped in the nursery of the church where the man and his family worshipped. The foreman left and went on with his rounds. And when this man opened his envelope, he found in it, along with his check, a handwritten note from the payroll clerk. And here's what it said. When one part of the body of Christ suffers, we all suffer with it. Just wanted you to know that I'm praying for you these days. He stared at the note, astonished at God's timing. He hadn't even known that the woman worked for this company. And here at his lowest hour, she had given him the courage to go on to push another wheelbarrow of mortar up that ramp. Friends, we need to build up one another in our spiritual walk with Christ because we get beaten down too, don't we? We all need to do that. And building up one another spiritually at its core means taking people to the foot of the cross. By that I mean bringing people that wondrous message of God's love demonstrated so clearly as he gave up his son at that cross. We need to remind people that the depth of God's love, that Jesus would take on himself all the shame and guilt of all of our sins and die for it in our place. We need to let people know that through faith in him, they are forgiven and they are on their way to heaven. It's the greatest message we could share with anyone. And even we who know Jesus need to be regularly reminded of God's love for us. Because after all, we still sin every day, don't we? We need that reminder of the cross and the empty tomb. We need to uh, be taken to that cross and that empty tomb daily and assured of God's grace. Because there we find our hope. The author to the, of the book of Hebrews in the 10th chapter speaks about that hope and that encouragement that we can share with each other. He writes this, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us, here it is, encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let me ask you, whom do you know who needs your prayers, and spiritual support right now. We need to 
encourage one another by standing up for others when they're down, by building up one another spiritually. And then thirdly and finally from the life of Barnabas, we learn this. We encourage others by raising up others to serve the Lord. You see, another way that Barnabas was an encourager is that he raised up other people and mentored them into serving the Lord by using their talents and abilities. That includes Saul. Barnabas did this for Saul. That brings us to the last section of Acts 11 we're going to read this morning. And the context of this section is that Saul has been out of the picture now for about nine years. Saul has been in his hometown of Tarsus. We don't hear anything about him for a while. And, uh, and now we read in Acts 11, verse 25, what Barnabas does. It says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, look what he does. He brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year... Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Let's put the map of the New Testament world up again to see where these places are. So Tarsus is located in the southeast corner of what was called Asia Minor. That's modern-day Turkey. And Barnabas is down at the church in Antioch. And he leaves Antioch, he goes no doubt by land uh, around the bay to Tarsus to find Saul and brings him back to Antioch. And look what he does with Saul. He mentors him for ministry. And together, it says, they teach the people in the church at Antioch. He's preparing Saul for what he's going to take on later, a very, very active role in the work of the Lord. But Barnabas encourages Saul by putting him into a role in which he's serving in ministry. He mentors him. Later on, Barnabas would do something rather similar for his own cousin, John Mark, the author of the Gospel of Mark. Barnabas would mentor John Mark for serving in ministry as well. Friends, we too, need to think about how we can encourage others by raising them up to serve the Lord in ministry. If you think about it, isn't that what Jesus did with his original 12 disciples? And what a band of guys they were, unschooled, some of them fishermen, some Pharisees and other backgrounds, but he gathers them together and he mentors them, raises them up to carry out the most important work in all of history take the gospel to the world. One of those 12 that Jesus himself mentored was Peter. And years later, a now much more mature Peter writes these words in his first letter. He said, each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. Peter himself had been mentored to use his abilities for serving, and now he's writing and encouraging others to use their talents as well. You see, everyone has a gift, at least one. God-given gifts and abilities that need to be put into use. Let me ask you, how might you encourage someone else to use their God-given talents and abilities in service to the Lord? 
I sometimes hear older members say, well, I'm too old, I've done my part, we'll let the younger people do it. Well, you know what? Those younger people need the benefit of your life experiences, your talents, your wisdom that you have gained over the years. I want to challenge you to pass that along to others. The author of Hebrews, again, says this, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You see, it's about raising up others to serve the Lord. I think it's kind of interesting that in the book of Acts early on, when Barnabas and Saul are mentioned, it's always in that order, Barnabas and Saul. Barnabas and Saul taught together. Barnabas and Saul went up to Jerusalem with the gift from the church in Antioch. Barnabas and Saul went here and there. But after Barnabas had mentored Saul, and when Saul was now ready to become a missionary to foreign countries, as he takes the Greek name Paul, now it's Paul and Barnabas. Paul and Barnabas do this. Paul and Barnabas traveled here. Barnabas, who mentored Saul, steps out of the limelight and lets his mentoree step up and do the work. It shows his great humility. It shows his vision for ministry to raise up others to serve the Lord. Let me ask you, whom might you mentor for greater service to our Lord? If you're a parent or a grandparent, your initial answer is pretty easy. Your own children and grandchildren to raise them up not only in the faith, but to observe the talents and abilities God has given them and encourage them to use those talents in some way of serving our Lord. But we can also mentor and learn from one another as church members. We have people here with such amazing backgrounds, life experiences, talents, abilities, and spiritual gifts. Could we not learn from one another and encourage one another in shared ministry. With whom might you share your talents and abilities so as to mentor someone for ministry? Well, Saul, now Paul, in his mature years, as one who was mentored himself, as one who was the beneficiary of of compassion and care and encouragement, now later, writes the words that we began this message with. Those words from 1 Thessalonians. Paul writes, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as, in fact, you are doing. Friends, let's do that. Let's encourage one another. Let's stand up for others when they're down. Let's build up one another, spiritually speaking, and let's raise up others to serve the Lord in ministry. Ready, set, go, encourage one another. Amen. And may the peace of God which passes human understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time we gather...